Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast brought to you by PSENG, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. Hello, everybody. Big show coming your way today. My name is John Schmelk. I have a long conversation with Leonard Williams about his season, his injury, and the excitement of making the playoffs for the first time. We have Pete Bursich, who does the games on the radio for the Vikings. He'll give us a preview of Minnesota and tell us what's changed since the game on Christmas Eve with our very own Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino. And then Bob Papa has his weekly sit-down with the head coach of the New York Football Giants, Brian Dable. So, Let's get into this very quickly here. Before we get to this week's podcast, make sure you go back and listen to the last couple episodes. We've kind of piled on the Giants huddles this week, so you might have missed some if you're keeping track of your podcast feed. Well, look at the full feed. We've had three great episodes this week, all right? We had Chris Sims from NBC Sports. We really dig into the X's and O's and get into his quarterback mind about the first matchup between the Vikings and Giants and what adjustments might be made heading into this game. We have our two-hour WFAN show from Wednesday night with Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Tiki Barber, interviews with Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, Darius Slayton, DJ Envy. Great content there. And then Kevin Burkhardt, who's calling the game for Fox this week. Giants get the A-team, Giants and Vikings. I go about 20 minutes with him. Catch up on some old times and go around the NFC and talk Giants-Vikings as well um, as he's had a chance to talk to the Giants coaches. We talk about that with Kevin Burkhardt. Again, make sure you go check it out on the Giants huddle. It's been a busy week, a fun week, getting a lot of great content out there. All right, let's get to this week's episode, and we're going to lead off with my conversation with Leonard Williams. And now we're joined by Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams. Leo, you got you got the week off last week. How you feeling physically? I'm feeling good. You know, I think uh, the team did a good job of taking care of uh, some guys that they needed to get some rest. Um, you know, I'm really excited. I was laughing about, uh, you know, we're working overtime right now in like a, in the best way. You know, uh, I really appreciate working this week when most of my career I've been packing my things to start the off season, And uh, it feels incredible to know that, you know, we're in the postseason and we're working towards something. Well, let's get right to it then. I was going to hit it later, but you brought it up, so let's hit it now. Is it excitement? Is it gratitude? Is it dive in? I'm going to take advantage of this. What's the feeling having finally gotten here after so many years of high-level play in the league? I mean, it's honestly all of that. It's been a mix of emotions from the time we uh, beat the Colts and solidified it. Um, That first rush of adrenaline and, and excitement and happiness like, just rushed over me. 
uh, you know, as soon as the clock hit zero and seeing all the smiles on my on my teammates' faces and coaches' faces and stuff like that, and uh, you know, then having time to think about it, I've just been like, wow, like I'm reminiscing on like my career and like how long it's taken me to get to this point and how the last time I was even close was my rookie year. We went ten and six with the Jets. And uh, you know, it's it's impressive and I'm super excited to like be here with these guys. Is that something you've imparted to some of the young guys on the team? Like, you don't know when your second shot at this is gonna come. Go out there, work your butt off this week and take advantage of it. Yeah, I talked to my D line coach about how I was in a similar situation uh when I was with the Jets my rookie year and we were having a really good year and uh all we had to do was beat Buffalo the last game of the season and we were in and we ended up losing and uh you know, in my head at the time, being a young guy and a rookie and, like, you know, having success your first year, I was like, oh, like, we're going to just do this again next year. You know, we have all the same pieces and everything like that. And that's when I realized, and Sheldon Richardson taught me this as well, that every team, uh, every year is a new team. Yeah. Like, even if you are on the same team, every year is a, is a whole new team. And uh, it made me realize that because I didn't have another chance until until now. And I shared that story with the with the D line as well uh, before the Colts game. And I tried to let them know, like, man, uh, we have to take advantage of this opportunity because you just never know when it'll come back. You know, I've been blessed to play long enough to for it to come back around. But you know, if I had a shorter career, I probably would have never had a chance. So now here's the di- here's the dichotomy. You're excited. You know it's a big deal because you know how tough it is to get here. But at the same time, Brian Dable, we know how he likes to handle these games. Every week's the same. Yeah. Every game's the same. Prepare the same way. I love the line he used earlier in the week. What it takes to win in September is what it takes to win in January or the playoffs, right? And so how do you then balance trying to make sure you don't get over your skis a little bit, getting too excited for a playoff game, treating it like every other game, but also understanding that the importance of the game and the intensity is probably going to be ratcheted up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's smart to uh, to not overcompensate for this game. You know what I mean? It's like people have had success. We Our team has had success this year. And it's like whatever has given us success is what we should keep doing and probably just do a little more of. And I think the one thing that, like, Coach Dre, our D-line coach, talked to the D-line about is, like, you know, uh, how much are you, like, willing to sacrifice for these next, like – you know, four or five possible weeks um, to to get what you want. And, you know, knowing that it's only four or five weeks, um, that makes you want to – that makes you more willing to sacrifice a lot more mm-hmm. and just lay it on the line, you know. Like, if this is the last game of the season, you know, obviously we want to go to the Super Bowl. That's our goal. But I'm going to play every game now, from now on until that point like it could be the last game of the season so that means I'm going to lay my body on the line you know what I mean and 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 in a way you play a little bit harder in the playoffs because of that reason I think well I'm, I'll come back to this in a second has that made it easier for you to kind of fight through this nagging stinger neck thing you've had knowing that this could be on the horizon and and this could be if you, if you stuck with it you could be playing in games like this yeah I mean it's interesting because I talked to like friends and family about you know how this specific like this year for me specifically has been uh challenging um i've been dealing with uh you know some nagging injuries like started with my elbow in camp and preseason and then my knee uh mcl in the beginning of the year and then i've been dealing with this uh next stuff for quite a few games now and uh, i've been dealing with a lot of adversity this year like individually 
But, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is seeing the success that the team is having. And, uh, you know, it's all paid off now that we're in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I'm still dealing with some things, and, and it's just it's worth it, you know. And I, I think it's worth it. Uh, this is what we signed up for as athletes. I, You know, I knew eventually my body was going to give at times. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed enough to play this long and, and have it be durable. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's all worth it, and I would do it again. Is there anything you can do in these games to protect it? Because I, from what I'm watching you out there, it seems like you just get hit the wrong way. You get pain. You have to go into the tent. They treat you. Come back up. You try to go in. You know, you'll watch the old school footage. Guys got the big neck rolls on from the 80s and stuff. Is there anything you can do to to, to try to prevent those incidents of the game? Or is that just something you're going to have to deal with the rest of the way? I mean, so far, I think it's something that I've been having to deal with for the rest of the way. Um, I'm going to try like a neck roll this week to 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 like limit that um you know that like snap back in my head and neck area because when i have like single blocks or like stuff like that it's easy for me to just like throw my hands on a guy and like not put my face in there um when i get like hard double teams in the run game and like power and stuff like that that's when i kind of have no choice but to like put my whole body into it and that's when i get like a little bit of snap in my in my neck or uh, if I make a tackle on a running back because he has like a running start, sure. and then I like shed into the my gap, and then the running back is right there. You know, that's kind of how it started in the first place. Um, but I, I mean, hopefully the neck roll helps this week. I tried it uh, not too long ago, but I when I went out and tested it like on a sled, um, it was like hard for me to have vision while I was in my in my stance in the three point stance. So we didn't go with that specific one and we ordered a few and uh we're going to test a, a few of them out this week to see which one i can stand <laughs> do you expect the the intensity level to even go up to a another point that you haven't maybe even seen in your career this week being it's the postseason i think so i mean i think even jelly um big justin Ellis, <laughs> he's he mentioned this um because he's been in the playoffs and that the speed of the game looks different. Um, even though this is the same team that we've played before, uh, I feel like the intensity is going to go up because, you know, there's a lot more on the line this time around. Um, I feel like guys are going to be studying harder. Um, guys are going to be practicing harder, playing harder. Um, it's just that time of the year, a lot more is on the line. Um, if we lose, we'll go home, you know. So it's like, why not just leave it all out there on the field? And I think the intensity on both sides of the ball on, you know, every position is going to increase. Do you think having that huge game you had against Washington in December, the win in your game against Indianapolis to a lesser extent, I guess, do you think those types of big games, especially the one against Washington again, will have you more prepared for the type of intensity that's going to be out there in the postseason given what you guys have gone through this year? Yeah, for sure. Like We've already been in situations this this year where you know it was like kind of like win and you're yeah. in type of situations. Uh, like you said, against Washington once, against uh, the Colts, and uh, – like kind of like near the end of the season in general, we we wanted to treat it almost as if it were the playoffs, um, just so that when the playoffs come around, we're almost prepared for it. You know, um, I think Coach Davis is doing a good job of letting everybody know that you know we got to take it one week at a time, and uh, focus on this team ahead of us, and and not to do too much. And and one thing I really love about Coach Davis is he's he tells you you know like whatever you do to get ready for this game is what you should do. Like if you're a calm guy and you like to just zen out before a game, then do that. But if you're a rah-rah guy, then do that. You know, he's not expecting, like, every person to be rah-rah, every person to be chill. It's like everyone's different, and he lets everyone be different in that way. What do you do? <clears throat> I'm a little bit of both. Um, <clears throat> I think, like, right before 
right before taking the field, I get like a little hype with my guys. But like leading up to the game, I like to be like really chill. Um, I don't like to like burn out too too yeah, sure. early, uh, exhaust myself too early, <laughs> and I like to just like be calm and uh, you know almost envision plays in my head and envision myself making plays in my head and and stuff like that. All right, let's talk about the Vikings. This is now going to be the third time this year where you're facing an opponent for a second time within like a month, right? You played them on Christmas Eve only a few weeks ago. So how does that game and how it went impact your preparation and how you might anticipate what they're going to try to do to you guys in the game this week? I mean, it helps in a way to play a team, uh, you know, with a quick turnaround like that Um, because you kind of remember a lot of their tendencies and and the guys and stuff like that. Um, They do have... From my understanding, some changes on the offensive line. Um, I think their right tackle has changed in their center as well. I heard that their center practiced yesterday, but uh, you know we're going to prepare for whoever's on the field. And overall, I think um, you know we're our coaches and and players are doing a good job of locking in and, and studying these guys. And I think we're going to have a pretty good game plan this week. How much do you look at the offensive linemen that might be playing in this game that you didn't face the first time as individuals so you kind of know how to approach them and how does that overall change your approach if you don't know exactly who's going to be where? I mean, the guards who I'm going to be going up against are, are the same. Yeah. Uh, the tackle, the tackle, I'm probably not going to be on too many times. The center maybe a little, right? The center a little bit, yeah. So I still look at those guys, you know, just in case I – I mean, not just in case, I will – have opportunities to line up over them at at times throughout the game and I want to have the advantage you know so I I make sure that I study those guys as well you know you mentioned tendencies and I thought Wink broke some of his tendencies in that first game right you guys play a little bit more zone than man and I thought in a lot of those plays the Vikings called man beaters a lot of crossers and you guys were in zone and he had nowhere to go with the ball you guys got home got the sack now this is kind of a cat and mouse game now right so they're thinking well how are the Giants going to change things and do we change things we don't want to change too much so is that kind of what you're working through in the meeting rooms right now exactly what you change when you change it so you try to catch them at the right time (laughs) I mean, I think for the coaches, there's probably a little bit of that. Um, and I think also they try to remind us that, you know, we don't want to change too much for an opponent. In the end of the day, uh, you want to make it about us and not them. And, uh, you know, you study your opponent to, like, pick up on tendencies and, and, and know what to do at the right time. But at the same time, you don't want to completely change who you are uh, for your opponent. You know what I mean? And uh, I think we're just going to have to keep being the type of defense that we are, you know, and – and I think um, one thing I do love about playing with this defense is that we fly around and we play for each other. And, you know, we're very, like, um, selfless group, uh, I would say. I think a lot of times on these pressures and like stuff like that, um, you know, guys are willing to be the, the sacrifice for someone else to make a big play. And I think that's, you know, has come a long way. How much of a difference could it make? Well, we know Xavier McKinney's going to be on the field. We don't know about a Dory yet. But having those two guys who weren't there in that first game, how big of a difference could they make for your defense? I mean, I would say a big difference, you know. Um, I love playing with those guys. Um, you know, both of their presence is felt when they're on the field. I feel a lot more comfortable pass rushing when I know I have, you know, those guys yeah, back right. there. And uh, I know Xavier shows up a lot in the run game and stuff like that. Um, you know, we definitely want both of them at – you know, at their top this game. I know, obviously, the things you want to clean up, and they gained yards against you guys. 27 points is a decent amount, but they had a couple short fields too, right? 
even though they got their yards, if, if you could do that again to them, you know, Jefferson had his 140, but he only had one catch of 25 yards, right? That was it. It was a lot of short things. If you guys could repeat that and kind of keep them in check and keep yourselves in the game, were you happy generally with your performance in that first game, or did you think there was a, a lot of stuff that you guys would want to change and do better? I think so. I mean, I think I'm pretty happy with our performance overall. I think, you know, just that that receiver is oh, he's great. He's a great receiver. I mean, you know, he beats double coverage. He does all type of things. And, uh, you know, he's going to make his plays. Um, you know, there's guys on their side of the ball that get paid just like us. And, um, you know, we're going to do our best to stop them, but they're obviously going to make plays as well. I think what we did great is stop them from scoring too much. And uh, I think that's where our defense has shown up big this year is, like, in the red zone, in two-minute situations and sure. stuff like that. Um, yeah, like, so in my opinion, I don't mind, like, we want to stop them from having too many yards, obviously, that's going to stop their overall offense, but in my opinion, like, you know, I'm willing to give up some yards if we're going to stop them in the red zone and if we're going to stop them from scoring. Only two more questions for you. Thank you for all the time, Leonard. We appreciate it. Dalvin Cook, uh, they don't love to run the ball a ton. They're kind of a passing team, but Dalvin Cook's still really good. They run a lot of that outside zone, and, you know, if he gets an alley, he can be out of there pretty quick. So what are the cues for you guys to, to slowing down that run game? Yeah, like you said, he's a good player, uh, especially given some space, and that's like the, that's why they like to run so much zone and stretch. So he has a lot of room and space to like find a hole and just hit it. And uh, you know, once he gets past that first second level, he's you know he's a home run type of guy. Um, I think he's also a little bit of a smaller back though, and has some tendencies to give up the ball. So you know, as a defense, uh, when you're playing against a guy like that, you want to harp on you know tackling big, uh, meaning like. If you're a linebacker or a D lineman, you know, make sure you put some weight on them when you hit them. Make them feel it over the course of the game. Make them not want to hold on to that ball as much. Make them not even want to get the ball as much. <laughs> and um, also just attack the ball and gang tackle, you know. He's a shifty guy, so he's going to make guys miss. But, um, you know, if we're all running relentlessly to the ball and, and have a gang tackle mentality, uh, you know, if he makes one guy miss, he's not going to make five miss, you know. Final question. You mentioned your defensive line coach, Andre Patterson, right? He's helped unlock Dexter this year. You you know, you've been through a lot of defensive line coaches in your time in the league. What makes him different? What makes him special and so good at what he does with your group? Coach Dre, um, I think what makes him so special and so great is that he he knows everybody's uh, individual and he doesn't coach us all the same. He doesn't treat us all the same. And uh, when he first came in, he immediately told Dex that he wanted to play him at nose tackle, and he felt like he was playing out of position um, most of his career by not playing nose. And, um, I mean, as you can see it now, he's the best nose tackle in the league, in my opinion, you know. And uh, I think another big thing that he taught us is that uh, we have long arms and we're strong guys so that if we can get play with length on people, then it's a mismatch, you know. Um, and, you know, Dex is a really strong dude. And being a nose tackle with arms of that length, uh, centers just, you know, don't really know what to do with it. Leo, best of luck on Sunday. We really appreciate the time. Throw for you to be in the postseason. And have some fun if you can too, all right? Yeah, it's all about fun, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, Giant fans, go subscribe to Draft Season. It's our draft podcast right here on the Giants mobile app. Giants.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast platform. Tony, Pauline, and I take a look at college football. Our most recent episode, we review the national championship game and talk about some of the draft declarations with guys heading in to the NFL draft in 2023. We get into prospects, um, and of course, we'll cover the Senior Bowl and Shrine game 
uh, live and on location in Vegas and in Alabama as we move forward here. So make sure you go check it out. It's called draft season, and even if you're not a Giant fan, it's for all football fans. We just cover the draft. It's not a Giants podcast. It's a draft podcast. Find it and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We thank Leonard Williams for joining us. Now let's turn our attention to our opponent preview. The Giants played the Vikings just a few weeks ago, but they have changed with some injuries. We talk about that, the previous game, and the matchup with Pete Bursich, who calls the Vikings game on the radio as their analyst. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. For the second time in four weeks, the Giants traveled to Minneapolis to face the Vikings after Minnesota won the regular season matchup in Week 16, 27-24. This time, a trip to the divisional round in the playoffs is on the line. And to get more into the rematch, we're now joined by the color commentator for the Vikings Radio Network, also played linebacker for Minnesota for seven seasons and served as an assistant coach for the team for several years as well, none other than Pete Bursich. Pete, you got Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Uh, it's good. Just uh, about two feet of snow on the ground up here. It feels like Christmas, even though Christmas is over. You know, we're just weathering, we're just weathering the weather up here, man. Flyover land, I'll tell you that. Well, you're certainly used to that weather in your neck of the woods. And it's a good thing <laughs> yeah. that this game is indoors as a result. So, Pete, I want to start with some of the changes since week 16. And one of the biggest storylines to me is the Vikings offensive line. We know they've been banged up at center. They lost right tackle Brian O'Neill. How much have those dynamics altered the Vikings game plan in your estimation? It looks as if Garrett Bradbury did get in a full practice on Thursday and how encouraging that may mean for them to get their starting center back. Yeah, I think that, that's that's very encouraging, uh, you know, for for him to be back, you know, I know he, he's, he's got his hands full now, right, with Dexter Lawrence. I mean, it, it, no matter <laughs> – it's like, yeah, welcome back. Uh, glad you're healthy. Now you get to go out and, you know, relive relive that experience. But uh, I think the Vikings have kept him out just to make sure that he would be healthy for this time of year. Um, the, big, the big loss is Brian O'Neill, um, you know, who we lost uh, two weeks ago. And we had Ole Udo in at right tackle. Will Ole Udo start on Sunday? I don't know. Um, we don't know who, you know, who they're going to put out there. But, um, yeah, it's so basically when we see each other again, we'll have a brand-new right tackle, and that should really be the only difference. But then you have a right younger, inexperienced right tackle next to a rookie guard at Ingram. So, 
Yeah, that, I mean, you just you just hopped on my my biggest concerns for uh, Sunday afternoon. Well, Pete, let me take a bigger picture look at this thing. We saw how the game played out a couple of weeks ago, and Minnesota obviously gets the 61-yard field goal on the last play to win it. How do you expect this game to play out? Will it be very similar, or will there be some dramatic twists and turns that maybe we don't expect? Well, I, you know, turnovers are always such a such a big thing, right? I mean, uh, you know, we needed a block punt, a fumble, and an interception to win that football game. You know, the, and those guys cannot forget that. This was not, yeah, you won the game, but you can't lump it in the pile with, uh, you know, with with a bunch of other ones. And, and the fact that you needed some things to go your way, and I think that's that's the key. You know, defensively, you know, we've given up yards all year long, and when we, you know, when the defense does well and when we win, our defense is getting after the quarterback. Um, Darius Smith, I, you know, didn't play last week. I think he's healthy. Daniil Hunter has come on as of late. Um, you know, Daniil had a great game against uh, O'Neal, your right tackle, in the last game. And so we want, you know, you hope that will continue. But getting pressure, you know, getting pressure on, on Jones is, is what the Vikings defense needs to do. Because if you just let that, you know, he, he's still young, he's still developing, but if you let him just sit in the pocket and survey the field, he'll beat you between the hash marks because he's really good over the middle of the field, and or he might just pull that thing down and hurt you that way. So um, getting pressure on him, I think, is, is really the key um, for the Vikings, especially stopping or slowing down that offense of yours. Pete, to piggyback off of Paul's question in terms of how much different this game may be, you have a unique perspective because, as I referenced off the top, you played and you coached in the NFL, and you know what division rivals are like when you go up against them the second time. They know you well. You know them. This is sort of like a divisional rematch in essence because it's been so close period of time-wise between these matchups. So how do you walk that fine line as a coach in terms of how much you change and how much you essentially keep the same. Yeah, and, you know, in, in that respect, these teams are pretty similar, too, because there are a lot of players on both sides that have never played in a playoff game. And when you play in a playoff game, everything gets amped up, not just the energy, not just the excitement, not just the number of people watching, but the amount of film you watch, the game plan, everything becomes much more precise, right? And, you know, that's, that's going to be a big deal, I think, for both teams, you know, to weather. And you're right. These teams know each other very well. I mean, for, for us in the radio booth, this is almost like a week off. It's like, great, I can just pull out my flip card from two weeks ago, you know, and, and just look at that and go off of that. So um, what that means, this game is going to be close. This game is going to be close. It's going to come down to a field goal. It's going to come down to something right at the end of the game. I, I have no doubt about it unless one team, you know, just doesn't or decides just not to show up. But um, yeah, this is this is setting up to be a very very close football game between these two teams. It's going to be very very exciting, and I can't wait for Sunday afternoon to roll around to have you know. This is only our second home game in the new stadium. The last one was the Minneapolis Miracle, where Stephon Diggs uh, you know caught that caught the touchdown right at the end of the game to beat the Saints. So this is only the second playoff game, um, you know. Some of the some of your linemen kind of commented on crowd noise. I think those I think the crowds up here are going to be ready, and probably the crowd will be much more of a factor in this game than it was the last time we played. 
Pete, we've spoken about some of the potential lineup changes for Minnesota coming up on Sunday. Now, what impact do you think the lineup changes could have based on the Giants side of things? Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari, two of the guys on their defensive front, which has been pretty ferocious over the second half of the season, they missed the whole second half of that game. Both of them went out with injuries early. And obviously, we also know that Xavier McKinney, their starting safety, is going to be playing this week. He missed that game. And Adoree Jackson, their best corner, missed that game. And we believe he's going to be playing Sunday, even if he's on a snap count. Uh, yeah, your defensive front is outstanding, no question about it. Um, you know, and, and you know, I think it's going to be imperative for our offense to stay on the field and make sure that guys need a break and get some of those second-line guys out there. Adoree Jackson, I think, is the key. And the key to Adoree Jackson is going to be how much is Wink Martindale going to feel good about leaving him one-on-one with somebody, whether it's Justin Jefferson or K.J. Osborne or Adam Thielen, uh, you know, whomever. And if that's going to change a little bit what he wants to do, if it's going to allow him to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, is, that, is it going to allow him to do the things that he wants to do? You know, we the Vikings were – very aggressive on third and one. They took a shot. We had a mental error by Adam Phelan. Um, we had another, we had another, I don't know, that was the fourth and one. The third and one, you know, we had one-on-one with Justin Jefferson and the ball got tipped and it just didn't get to him. So, um, yeah, the, it's, it's going, like I said, all this stuff adds up to, I think, a closer football game. And I know, that, you know, your team defensively especially is going to have, it's going to bring some more people to the table defensively. Uh, than you had last time. And so I thought we had a big advantage in the secondary versus our receivers in the last game. That advantage has absolutely come down. And, you know, the defensive line has gotten better as well. So, yeah, it, it's, this is, this is going to be a fun football game. It's going to be a close one. We're talking with Pete Berzich, Vikings radio color commentator that you could hear on the Vikings radio network as we gear up for the second matchup in the span of four weeks, this time in the wild card round. Pete, earlier you were referencing the fact that the Vikings are going to need to get pressure on Daniel Jones. And interestingly, he was only credited with four runs in that game. We've seen other games where Daniel could be a huge factor on the ground. So the Giants are really attacking the middle of the field. I'm curious what your takeaway was, why the Giants perhaps had success in that area and what Ed Donatel specifically could do to maybe try to counter that this time around. Um, a lot of that is is the, the strengths of Daniel Jones. I mean, if you watch Daniel Jones on film, he's not making those Aaron Rodgers, you know, fade routes down the field. I mean, he does. Does he throw them? Yes. But he's not cold-blooded as like a Rodgers is. When you watch him throw between the hash marks, man, he can make some – he can thread that needle, right? He feels great about standing in the pocket and with the big-bodied receivers that you guys have to attack the middle of the field. Now, what's going to change or what, what needs to change for the Viking defense? The linebackers have to own the middle of the field. They absolutely have to. One of our linebackers, Hicks, got a big hit in on an incomplete pass. They've got to start that way. The other thing that we have to do is make sure Shannon Sullivan – knows whether he's inside or outside that slot receiver. And if he's inside, you got to build that wall, right? You guys do all, so many different things. And I'll tell you this, you guys offensively and defensively are extremely well coached. That team is extremely well coached. And you guys as fans should be very, very thankful 
for the coaching staff that you have because they are getting the absolute most out of the players that you guys have and using them the way they need to be. That's a big problem with coaches, right? They have a system, and then they have certain players that don't fit the system, and they want to shove a square peg in a round hole. Well, let me tell you this. Dable and his staff are very, very good at putting these guys in positions to succeed. And the middle of the field is where, you know, Jones is very, very good. Your receivers are very, very good. That's the area with which we've got to worry. And then as far as the run goes, it's the run setting up the pass, the crack blocks, those kinds of things that you guys also do so very well that, um, you know, that defensively they're going to have to make sure they're watching their keys and believe in what they're seeing. But that middle of the field needs to be defended better, especially by our linebackers. One very interesting item for me, Pete, is that in the last game, both quarterbacks threw the ball over 40 times. And at times you'll hear fan base say, well, wait a minute. What about running the ball? And there's there's Cook with the Vikings. There's Barkley with the Giants. Neither guy got to carry the ball more than 15 times the first time around. And although Barkley caught more passes than Cook did that day, uh, there, there have been some criticisms that I've heard about the game saying, well, maybe Cook and Barkley should have had a bigger role that <laughs> afternoon. Will either one have a bigger role Sunday? Uh, you know what? I, that's, I got to answer your question. I got to step back and say, welcome to 2023, right? It's like running the ball nowadays is, is setting up the path. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, if you just look at the stats, that's one place where the defense for the Giants, you know, has struggled in the past. And I, here's the thing is I seriously doubt the Vikings are going to say, you know what? This isn't the Minnesota Viking team under, under, under Mike Zimmer, who was a defensive-minded coach, who said, if you get the lead, run the football, burn the clock, you know, play the field position game, we'll win on defense. You know, our guy's an offensive guy, man. They want to sling it around the yard. They want to, you know, you want to throw it to Justin Jefferson and use Kirk Cousins. But being efficient in the run is very, very important because now it gives credence to your play action. It gives credence to your bootlegs. It gives credence to some of these other types of passes that are a little bit easier to protect the quarterback, and we're going to need that. So, uh, you know, do I think Jefferson's going to be more involved? Maybe later in the game. I think that's kind of the key. Early on, he was involved, uh, but later on, he just kind of disappeared, and we've seen that kind of – we've seen that throughout the season a little bit. Um, and, you know, Dalvin is at the point of his career where he's going to want to make some waves in the playoffs, man. I mean, Dalvin is the heart and soul of this offense an attitude, uh, and everything else. And so I, I'm always, I always want to see Dalvin Cook at the football. Just make sure he holds on to it because you guys make people fumble. So Dalvin, just protect the football. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, to your point, the Vikings are throwing the ball 64% of the time. That's the third highest mark in the NFL. So it'd be surprising if they all of a sudden got out of character in the playoff game since that seems to be the trend and also what the Rams did where Kevin O'Connell came from. Speaking of the passing attack, though, the one other player that is a new addition for the Vikings that I think has fallen a bit under the radar because he missed so much time with the ankle injury is tight end Irv Smith, who's now back. We saw what TJ Hawkinson did, Pete, with over 100 receiving yards. What does Irv Smith provide for this offense now that he's in the mix? And how much of a role do you think he'll play in this playoff game? That's a big question. I mean, Irv Smith is kind of um... – you know, I played, I played at Notre Dame with his father, uh, played against him when, when Irv Smith was, uh, you know, down with New Orleans. Uh, it, it, 
Irv Smith Jr. is kind of is kind of a bookend to T.J. Hawkinson. They both kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, Irv Irv is is been has good is and has been a very good red zone target. And so those situations, the short yardage, uh, deep red zone, goal line, when you can have multiple tight ends out there, he's going to give I think Cousins another option as far as play action and those kinds of things. But Irv's going to ha- you know you have to block right yeah. You have you can't just be out there and have it, the defense look at you and say, yeah, this is just guy's just a decoy. You've got to be able to you got to be able to block. And you know, I I think Herb's role will be limited. He did get in the Bears game, made a couple catches, which is great to see. Uh, but you know, T.J. Hawkinson has had a very very good year. Um, it seems like week in and week out, teams can get you guys with the tight end screens and that kind of thing. Um, you know, because your, your defense pursues so well. It worked for us the first game. Will it work again? I don't know. We'll see if you, you know, will they, you know, have you guys fixed it? Will they have it covered? We'll see. Uh, but TJ Hawkinson has been an outstanding add to this team once uh, defenses decide that they want to commit a man and a half to Justin Jefferson. You've got TJ Hawkinson underneath who should be able to win those matchups and, and, and has. It's, uh, just been a couple games where he starts slow, right? If he catches the first pass to him, then you know, then it's going to be a good day. Let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> they they say special teams is a third of the game. Well, in meeting number one, between the block punt that set up a short field that led to a Vikings touchdown and the sixty-one yard field goal that won the game, it might have been more than a third of the game the first time around, Pete. So I, I ask you. Uh, what do you think special teams will have in terms of an impact on this one? I know that uh, TMAC, the Giants special teams coordinator, told us today that the Vikings provide more heat and co- come after block punts more than any other team in the league. Oh, and, and we've got some guys that are, you know, that are pretty, pretty good at, at doing it. Patrick Jones is one of our outside linebackers, and he's involved in, you know, here's a guy that rushes, offensive lineman for a living so when he gets out on a punt or punt return he's happy josh metellus um has blocked two punts this year so they've you know they've they've developed that skill and they're you know and they're they're good at providing that kind of pressure um you know special teams i don't expect any of those big kind of blocks and those kinds of plays to come you know to to be part of this one both units are, are really really good i think this game will come down to a kick it will come down to something last minute so special teams will be huge in that respect, but it's field position. Field position, I think, is going to be key because you're going to want to make not only our offense, but we're going to want to make your offense go the length of the field. So field position is going to be key. If, if you know if you're you're giving the ball to the other team around the 50 yard line, giving them the short field, that's going to be problematic for both you know for both teams. So I think special teams in that respect will be you know, be most important. You guys have a good return guy. Um, you know, our, our Kane Wanwu has already returned one touchdown. He had two kickoff returns for touchdowns last year. So indoors should be able to kick it out of the back of the end zone. But if you give Kane the opportunity to return a couple, uh, you know, he could, he could do some, he can do some big things. Pete, as a follow-up to special teams, clearly everybody's talking about Greg Joseph's career long kick in the last game as he drilled the 61 yarder. Interestingly, since that game, he missed two field goals at Green Bay, an extra point at Chicago. But 
Both of those games were outdoors, and there's a distinct difference, it seems, in his level of execution in indoor games. He's 9-for-9 nine nine on field goals in the last six indoor games versus when he's outdoors. How much of a different kicker, I guess, is what I'm getting at? Is he when he's in your home base as opposed yeah. to some of the ups and downs on the road? Well, I, I think he's been, yeah, he's absolutely been more consistent, and that just, you know, that just makes sense than any kicker would be more consistent indoors. The great thing um, that I've seen out of Greg Joseph this year, and this this team, this franchise, you know, from back in 98, I mean, we've been snake bit uh, by kickers. I mean, we missed, what, a 13-yard 13, 13 sure. field goal, you know, a TCF to, at the bank, at the other bank, and, and, and uh, when we were playing with the Gophers while the stadium was getting built, we would have beat Seattle, and uh, you know, in the playoffs, and ended up losing to them. So it, it's... Kickers have always been a thorn in the side for this franchise. So just let me explain that first. But what I like about Joseph is the fact that he's had some rough patches this season and he's bounced back from them. And I think when you look at kickers, at, you know, in, in the in the hole that they that's how they build resilience, right? That's I think that the ability to to make some mistakes but then come back and fix them and then be able to do that over and over again. You know, it's going to help him out mentally, but I have a lot more confidence in his ability, as I'm sure everybody does. I'm sure he does indoors instead of outdoors, especially after drilling that 61 yarder to win the game against the Giants in week 16. He is Pete Bursich, color commentator for the Vikings radio network. He says we're going to get another close game. Well, both of these teams have combined for 19 one score contests in which they've been <laughs> on the right side. So, Pete, based on that. Those numbers support your cause, but greatly appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to Sunday and look forward to talking down the road. Thanks so yeah, much, thank Pete. You. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Hey, Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com tickets. Limited inventory is available. We thank Pete Bursich for joining us. Thanks to Lance and Paul for doing that always thorough preview of the Giants' upcoming opponent. Now, let's turn our attention to the head coach of the New York football Giants, Brian Dable, who sits down with the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Giants take on the Minnesota Vikings. Wild card weekend is here. And as always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York Giants, Brian Dable. And coach, um, just talk about the way your team has handled the workload this week. Obviously, you know, there's only a select amount of teams that are in the postseason, in the tournament. Have they kind of kept it? I know you have. Have they kept it as normal as possible? Yeah, we've, we've stayed consistent with, with what we do, our process, how we practice, our meetings, our preparation. So, uh, obviously, an important game. Um, we know what's on the line, and uh, those guys have done everything that they can do to be ready to go. Coach, your team has played with a uh, tremendous amount of confidence um, throughout the course of the season as the plan that you've laid forth for them, um, pretty simple, you know, take care of your assignments, do your, do your job and, and, and know what you're doing out there. And it, it, it feels like 
I don't know. It, it feels like they have a quiet confidence, not an arrogant confidence. Do you sense that with them? Yeah, this is a humble group. I mean, we, we know what um, we have to do each week. Uh, now, it doesn't mean we, we always do it or the results aren't you know what we always want, but um, they work extremely hard. They're humble. Um, they're a good group. They're, they're a good team in terms of togetherness and, and being able to fight through things. And, uh, you know, what's the most important is, is how we play on, on Sunday. Coach, um, you played them on Christmas Eve. Obviously, you know, the game came down to a long field goal, but there were a lot of opportunities in that game that you guys didn't capitalize. How important was it for you guys to feel sort of their punch, meaning getting the chance to actually play against Jefferson and Cook and Thielen and Osborne and Hawkinson as opposed to watching them on tape, but, you know, not really getting a feel for them on the field. You guys now have that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's almost like a division game. Um, you know, we've played them one time. You know, we kind of understand some of the matchups, and, and they understand some of the matchups on their end. So uh, anytime you play a, a team a second time, you know, obviously you've evaluated them, you've watched them, you've game planned for them, and most importantly, the players got a feel for, for one another, on, I'd say, on both sides. So, um, you know, it's just going to come down to what team plays the best. Does it help too, Coach, just uh, even for your team and your staff and everybody to get it? Now you have a sense of what the noise level's like. They had that whiteout on Christmas Eve being in that building, uh, which can tend, tend to be a loud building, that you even got a feel for what that tastes like. Yeah, no, it was it was loud. We expect it to be loud. You know, we've, we've practiced in the, in the noise as much as we can. But, um, you know, the biggest thing is going to be how we communicate um, during those times when it is loud and then ultimately how we execute because you played them already, um, is this a week where you had to work as a staff even longer and harder to f- try to identify what wrinkles that they may try to incorporate into their game plans on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I'd say it's really been it's been normal. Um, you, you work you work a lot as a coaching staff to try to do what you can to help the players out and. Um, you know, we just played them a few weeks ago, so we've watched a lot of tape, and then you watched a few games they played after us. And, um, you know, there's always a lot of discussion on, you know, what do we need to do, what we think we need to do to, to give us the best chance. You've made a, a comment, and I thought it was a, a pretty cool one, and it's been repeated a lot, that what, you ha- what it took to win in week one is what it takes to win in the postseason, meaning, you know, going out and just playing the game and not letting the atmosphere overtake you. Um, when you when you're talking to your team, you know those first couple minutes of the game, the adrenaline rush and all that other stuff. Is that an area where you know you want to just make sure that you get the game settled as quickly as possible, so it becomes just a game? Sure. No, we've talked about that. Look, there's, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of juice in that building. You know, we've played in games this year. You know, in London on Monday night, on Thanksgiving, on Sunday night, where you know it's really the only game going on, and you know there's a little bit more cameras down there, more people early part of the game, and um, you know that's certainly the way it is in the playoffs, and you know a lot of people on the sidelines, a lot of juice, and you know once the the coin toss goes and you get ready and you're, you're sitting there and you know everything kind of settles down, you start playing the game, and and really it's it's the game, um, but the other things that lead up to it, those are the things that that are a little bit different. Coach, um, in the last meeting, you didn't have Xavier McKinney. He's been able to work himself back in. You've gotten a lot of your injured guys back, your team at full strength. Talk about just how he's progressed in coming back from his injury as far as being able to fit in and kind of resume his role. Yeah, no, it's good to have him back. It, you know, it's Anytime you have players out that, that are starters for you that come back, I think that's always helpful. Um, 
you know, he's been into it when he was out, and, you know, he's done a good job since he's been back, and we're going to need him to play well this, this game. Coach, obviously the run game is the most important thing on both sides of the ball, stopping it and making sure you get a consistent run game going. Um, when you look at their front, although their defensive numbers aren't great, they got a lot of talented players that you're going to have to deal with. Just talk about them schematically and, and some of the strengths that you see in their defense. Yeah, I do. I think they have a really good front four in Hunter and Phillips and Tomlinson and Smith, and they rotate some other guys in there. And they have a veteran group on the back end. I'd say, you know, Harrison Smith and PP, you know, he's he's been really, really good for, for a long time in this league, and he's a crafty veteran, as is Smith. Um, it's a, it'll be a challenging day. They're, they're a good defense. Um, they play well together, and we're going to have to do a good job on the offensive side. And then on the other side of the ball, in, in wrapping up, Coach, um, does your entire defense have to have almost a cornerback's mentality in the sense that, look, some of these guys on that side of the ball are really talented, and they're going to make some plays, but we can't let a play that they make affect us on the next play. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, they're going to make plays. Good players usually do, particularly in games like this. And, you know, we're going to have to do a good job of defending them and, you know, making tackles if they go ahead and get a big run or a big pass and, and making them line up and play again and then just playing the next play and playing good team defense. Coach, it's been a lot of fun this week, and uh, I like to always say this after each one, and I, and I mean this for this week as well. Let's do it again next week. All right. The Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Go find it. Great content there, including all of our video podcasts can be found in there as well. Most of our non-video podcasts as well. So make sure you go check it out on Giants TV. Thank you to head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. Thanks to Bob for another excellent interview. Hopefully we'll be doing it again next week. Uh, our player, Leonard Williams, great stuff out of him. I thought I learned a lot talking to him um, about the defense, his injury, and, and, and making the playoffs for the first time. And, of course, thanks to Paul Lance and Pete Bursich for our Vikings preview. All right, everybody, thanks for being with us. And, again, make sure you go back and check out our previous episodes. Chris Sims, Kevin Burkhart, our Wednesday night show with Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Tiki Barber. It's all on your Giants Huddle podcast feed. Uh, Giants.com slash podcast for all of our podcasts, including draft season, our draft podcast, and Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's live every weekday at 1230. We take calls from Giant fans, talk Giants football, getting you ready for the game. And uh, make sure you check that out as well. You can find the archive of that show on the Giants app, Giants.com slash podcast. And, of course, just search for Big Blue Kickoff Live and subscribe. For everyone I just talked about, <laughs> I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for joining us on the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by PSENG, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. We'll see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.